Hey guys, today my guest is a super talented bass house artist raised in Arizona. You may recognize her from one of her bouncy, high energy tracks released on Night Bass, or you may be catching her live streaming on Twitch on a weekly basis. Whatever the case may be, she is a force to be reckoned with, and I'm super excited to see her take the house music scene by storm. So today, please join me in welcoming Blossom to the podcast. What is up, you guys? Welcome back to Rave Culture Cast, your weekly guide to the EDM community, music festivals, and more. I'm your host, Emma Capotis. Happy Wednesday, fam. How are we all feeling? Let's do a quick check-in. I think collectively, I don't know if everybody felt this way, but this was like, this past week was weird. The vibes were off. I don't know what was going on, but I was not feeling like myself. I was in a funk for quite a few days there, but we are on the other side of it. Happy to report back. Um, I got a lot of feedback from people online on social media saying you guys were going through some stuff as well. So I'm sending everybody good vibes, love, hugs. We're going to get through this. So I hope today is a good day. Let's make it that way. Woo, that all rhymed. Um, I am so excited for today's guest. She is somebody who I've had on my list for such a long time. Such a big fan of her music. Love her live streams, her energy, just her overall aura. And so... I just was so excited that she was able to be a guest. So you guys are going to be hearing from Blossom today. If you haven't already heard of her, you guys are about to become a major fan. So I'm so excited for that. Before we dive into the interview, I wanted to do a couple quick reminders. Um, We have an incredible Facebook group community and we also now are on Discord. So there is a Rave Culture cast Discord group. Um, There will always be links in the show notes if you guys want to join either of those, Um, especially as we're gearing up here for festival season. There's plenty of places to connect with other ravers, find people to attend events with, and all of that good stuff. So yeah, definitely check out both of those groups. All right, my affirmation for the week. Um, This one definitely came from the kind of mood I was in this past week. And so if anybody else is going through this, I hope this resonates with you. But my affirmation is what I am experiencing is only temporary. What I am experiencing is only temporary. Mm. Let's just let that sink in and sit with that. That's something that I tell myself a lot of times, no matter what you're going through or just in different situations, I always try and remind myself like you're going to get back to feeling how you normally feel like pain is temporary, certain jobs are temporary, like there's just some of these situations that we're in right now or like a mood you're going through or whatever, it's temporary and you guys will get through it. So do little things you can every day that make you happy. You know, whether it's getting a good workout in, those endorphins, I can't even tell you, like helps so much. Eating a good meal, going to bed early, watching a funny video, like a podcast that entertains you, whatever it might be, do something to help you get through the day and try to remember that each morning you wake up is a fresh start. You get to do it over. So Our weekly affirmation this week is what I am experiencing is only temporary. So again, sending everybody good vibes. With all that being said, I want to hop right into our interview because I'm so excited to introduce you guys to Blossom. Again, she's an incredible bass house artist from Arizona. You're going to see her name on a lot of lineups this year. That is for sure. And again, she streams on Twitch two times a week. So definitely please go show her some love and support and join me in welcoming Blossom to the podcast. 
All right, you guys, today I have a very special guest on, uh, a house artist. You may recognize her from some of her like high energy bouncy bass house tracks released on night bass potentially, or you might catch her weekly live streaming on Twitch, whatever the case, uh, she's a force to be reckoned with and I'm super excited to have her here. So please join me in welcoming Blossom to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you. Of course. How's your weekend going so far? Going great. I've been really trying to be proactive about my life and just get involved with lots of things and spend time with new friends and just cultivate those friendships a little more, especially now that we are on the tail end of everything. Like Mm -hmm. getting that social interaction has been really good for me. So I went to this workout class in the morning and doing this now, going to go to my first show back tonight, which I'm really nervous and excited for. Yep. Yep. Oh, that's so exciting. A oh, real live club show. Well, I'm not playing. I'm just going. <laughs> Are going? Oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah okay. but I'm very excited. So. Is it like a socially distanced type thing or just a normal show? I think it's reduced capacity, but in Arizona, all bets are off. It's uh, right, right, right. <laughs> every man for themselves now. But oh, I, so I'm fun. on day 11 now of my second shot. So I feel like ready to go. Cool. Oh, that's so exciting. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I can't imagine you'll have to like, let us know how that feeling is afterwards, because I think the first show, the first festival, like all of those firsts, again, everyone is saying it'll feel like the literal first time you ever went to a show just because it's been so long. So good. You're gonna I feel so like fun. I feel like we all got a little bit jaded um, last mm. year before all this happened. So I'm excited to experience it again and just feel that joy. I mean, I've been to a couple pod shows, but just like outdoor ones. This will be my first club show. So I'm nervous, but excited. Oh my gosh. No, go have fun. And so you you're in Arizona now. You were raised in Arizona as well, right? Yep. My, my whole life, basically. Yeah. I've been here. I was born in London, but we moved when I was five. So I really don't have <laughs> too many, you know, full memories there. Mm-hmm. Got it. Okay. And what, what was it like kind of growing up? Like, did you have a background in music or anything? Um, yeah. So one thing that parents in London at least when I was growing up there the first few years of my life they really involved your kids or at least in my parents social circle involved their kids in doing orchestra or something from a young age so when I was I think maybe even as young as two we started just giving me a little violin it couldn't have been bigger than Aww. about this <laughs> yeah. and I, I wasn't uh I wasn't baby Mozart that is for sure but um <laughs> Yeah, so you just start really early. And then I carried that in when I moved to Arizona um, when I was five-ish, turning six, um, and did orchestra all throughout middle school. And then once I got to high school, it was way too uncool to continue Mm -hmm. (laughs) doing orchestra. (laughs) So I quit um, in high school, but I played for maybe 10 or 12 years. Wow. Okay. Yep. Interesting. Okay. And so when did dance music come into the picture? Was that high school or later on? High school, I got, I started to dabble with it because I found Hype Machine. So mm-hmm. I was using, it was like a blog aggregator site that um, sourced from various music blogs. So I was listening to a lot of that. And a lot of the stuff that would come through were like kind of, 
like mashup artists and some blog house type artists. And that's kind of what I started listening to. And then some dubstep. And then I did a lot of listening on like Pandora, which I feel like is kind of outdated now, but yep. you know, we all had to start somewhere and I just kind of dabbled with it. You know, I didn't listen to it um, more than just by myself, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then once I got to college is when I started listening to it more and finding more of a community within it. Um, cool. Yeah. Nice. I was gonna say, you guys better remember Pandora. You're aging me. I'm like, I was on the Napster train. <laughs> I know. I know. I was like big into Pandora. That's all I did. Pandoring <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Nothing else existed really. Yeah. 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 But, the, but no, it's good. And I, I just like to see the progression too. Cause of course, like I want to chat about like where you're at now, but it is interesting to hear the background. And even in Arizona, I know I had Bijou on like over a year ago and I know he's like hardcore rep in Arizona as well, yeah. but you guys also have a couple music festivals and stuff out there. So ha- in your opinion, how is the the dance music scene over there? We've got a thriving scene. I mean, Relentless Beats is kind of dominating the game. They've got mm-hmm. I mean, even right now, we've got maybe two club shows a weekend. They're trying to do pod shows. I'm not certain how many more pod shows there will be because it does get obviously very hot here. Mm -hmm. Um, But back before all of this, you know, we were having like six or so shows a weekend. It was a lot. So we have a really thriving scene out here, which makes it easy to stay here and not um, Mm -hmm. make the kind of exodus, I guess, to L.A., Yep. And we're yeah. so close. So. Right. We're right. Exactly. Yeah. You're near a lot of things and it, it, there have been a lot of events out there that seem like really fun. And I know like the festivals seem to be growing and like Phoenix lights and things like that definitely were yep. growing in popularity, but no, it's good. It's good to hear. And I mean, I'm a big fan of the heat. I, I kind of would love that dry heat <laughs> energy. I love so, it. I love yeah. it. So I can't complain. I love living in Arizona. Awesome. Okay. So then, so from high school, when did you start to make the transition to like, okay, I kind of, I think I want to dabble in, in DJing. Well, I was still kind of listening to hype machine and everything alone come my freshman year of college. And then once I got to, I didn't really know any of this festival culture existed. You know, my freshman year, I went to U of A, U of Arizona, and, you know, we obviously went to lots of parties, but I didn't realize that shows existed until I got to college or I went to ASU. Sorry, I transferred my sophomore year. And one of the friends I made when I I briefly was in a sorority, one of the friends I made while I was in the sorority, she took me to shows and I just totally fell in love with it. And we would go to kind of random raves out in random places. And I just was obsessed all of a sudden. Um, But it was only because I kept seeing guys DJing at like frat parties Mm-hmm. And I was hearing the music they were playing and thinking like, this is all the stuff that I listen to. Like I listen to this all the time. I couldn't believe that people were playing this stuff out mm-hmm. outside of just like my small hype machine, Pandora yeah. <laughs> <Where is> box. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that's the right application, but um, yeah, I didn't realize that people were even listening to this stuff. So when I went to parties and I heard it, I just, it was like a revolution for me, you know, yeah. I was just ready to go then and I kind of asked around some of the guys like you know how do you do this like what mm-hmm. kind of gear do I need and one of the guys at the parties was generous enough to share some information with me a good controller to get and after that I was just like this is what I want to do mm-hmm. and, you and I just yeah, yeah I just like if they were playing it I just knew that I could do it too you know 
hundred percent. I love the, the catalyst was like, cause I can't even imagine the parties at ASCO just because of the reputation that it has, but it's yeah. interesting. I mean, even I forget who I was talking about, but I guess I didn't make a connection. Cause I'm like eight years out of college at this point, but people know, were saying yeah. like, they're having a huge tech house boom, like tech house is all they play at frat, frat parties now. And I was like, honestly, kind of wish I was back in college if that's what they're yeah. <laughs> playing well, now. When I was in school, they were, I mean, the party I went to, most of the places were, were, you know, regular, uh, mm-hmm. um, open format type DJs, but at one particular frat, I could not tell you what it was. Uh, they were playing like future house, like Chami, old Chami stuff. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, that kind of vibe. And it just like, that was crazy for me, but yeah, now, uh, tech house has become very fratty, I guess. Yes. Well, not, not all tech house, but yeah, cert- <clears throat> but some of the commercialized. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So was it for you when you started playing, did you know you wanted to make house music or were you dabbling like in a couple different things? You know, I just didn't know when I, so somewhere in between high school, my memories of this are very vague, but my mom likes to remind me all the time how many garage band expansion packs she bought for me. <laughs> so at yeah. some point in high school, I started kind of dabbling with garage band and just kind of playing around with, you know, putting some stuff together. I had kind of an interest. Um, my older sister, she was big into the MySpace scene. And part of that was kind of like an electro kind of mm-hmm. punk scene. Yep. <laughs> I, I had a little bit of experience listening to that kind of stuff through, you know, through the walls between our windows or yep. our, our bedrooms. <laughs> and so I was, I think I was dabbling in high school a little bit with some garage band. And once I got to college, I had no clue what I wanted to do with my life. Um, I changed my major like a million and a half times. I was mm-hmm. miserable. I just didn't know what I was wanted to do I was partying a lot just kind of wandering hopelessly I guess and then once I realized that music could be an option for me I switched my major briefly Mm -hmm. (laughs) one of my you know eight no joke majors um, (laughs) uh, to a program called digital culture music and within that were classes like introduction to hip-hop and dance music which I took and it kind of taught you how to make some of these things and so I experimented with that a little bit and made some friends within there and then ultimately like I was just still totally miserable in school and my mom happened to get a massage and she was kind of talking about me and what I was doing and her masseuse just happened to know that the community college near us had a dance music production kind of no way like course system or something okay so he suggested one of the classes I went and took it it wasn't exactly what I wanted but then I heard from another friend that he went to a music school in LA and that was like whoa people do that you know Mm -hmm. I couldn't believe it and I begged my parents to let me go to this um it was just a three-month program out in LA I did an intro to DJ and intro to music production course cool um and from there I just like totally fell in love it's like everything else stopped wow okay so you so you school was happening and you kind of like put school to the side and you went out and did that for three months it was a summer program. So I was able oh, to nice. do that was kind of the deal with my parents, you know, they mm-hmm. would let me do this DJ thing, whatever <laughs> it was, if I stayed in school and finished up. So I just did a okay. summer course, basically. And what year was that? That was the summer of 2015. Okay. So Yeah, now I've been doing it May 20. May of this year will be six years. 
of producing. Ooh, okay. So what was like, what was your biggest takeaway or your favorite thing about those three months? Like what was the experience like at the school? You will never get a chance to have that type of community again, unless you're living mm. in like an artist commune, basically, <laughs> you know, just staying there from doors. My first class is at 9am to 10. And then sometimes I had a class later in the day, like it just depended on the day, mm-hmm. but I would just stay there. I met one of my, you know, now one of my closest friends, Chuck, um, he lives in China actually, but he came just for yeah. that program as well. And we would just stay from 9am until 9pm till they kicked us out just working on music in the lobby and DJing on their gears when people weren't on them and just like, just totally absorbing ourselves in it. And you just, mm-hmm. you know, again, unless you are living with other artists or just right. in that kind of environment, you, you never get that type of uh, pressure free time mm-hmm. to just explore music just for fun right. even. You know, while I was there, I didn't even realize I wanted to do this seriously. I thought, well, I'm not very good at this. Of course, you know, right. <laughs> one month, one month into learning. Oh, I'm not very good at this. No <laughs> one um, maybe I want to just do something else in music. Maybe I want to do music management. And then just as time went on and I found my footing, mm-hmm. um, then I just, uh, yeah, I wanted to do it forever. Changed your mind. Did you make anything during those three months that eventually got released? you know I sent a bunch of them out to get like mastered and then in listening back they give me a good laugh but nothing (laughs) I would share with the world but I think it's important to just like you know create without intention of releasing Mm -hmm. you know just just uh releasing all pressure of of what a song needs to be Totally. Yep. Yep. I, I think, and it's fun to like, look back to on people's careers. Like I, I yep. automatically think of YouTube and I'm like, it's amazing to see people's, if you can sort it by their oldest video and they just leave it up there, yep. you're going to come from somewhere. And I love the saying like progress over perfection, because if you don't start, you'll never get there. So it's good. You, it's good. You had that experience and then you learn yep. from it and grew from there. What was the big, or was there a big moment that was kind of like the, okay, this is the tipping point, or this is, I know I can do this for real, like as a career. Well, I still wasn't sure even at the end of the summer, but there was a DJ competition, a local DJ competition in Arizona. And it kind of aligned with when I was finishing up school. So I submitted a mix for it. You know, it was this whole big thing with all the the people that were in school with me. They like helped me kind of get it all together. And then we submitted this, I think it was like 15 minute mix and I made the top 10. And then, you know, that was just really exciting to make the top 10. And I didn't, you know, get past the first round, but still it was like, Mm -hmm. you know, once I got to go to a real show and like be a real artist at the show that people were asking questions to and like wanted to hear what I had to say, even what, what I wanted to play. It was just Mm -hmm. like, whoa, this is amazing. Like I just, that first show, that competition, just like, yeah, that changed everything I think for me. Cool. And so did you start to, yeah, like, I'm curious about your first few shows that you played after that. Like, were you booking just local shows? Like when did you start to travel? All that good stuff. Um, it was local at first. I'm trying to remember. I think my first travel show was in 2016. I played two shows in LA that year, but at first Mm -hmm. it was just local. And when I came back, I was just barely turning 21. I think at the competition, I was only 20. Okay. So then, um, 
yeah, I had to wait like a month before I could play a show. I got like an offer and they were just kind of waiting for me to be 21 so I could right. actually go into the club and play it. Um, but after that, I started getting booked more regularly by Relentless Beats. Cool. So so would they reach out to you or at that time, were you handling things on your own? Like, are you kind of your own manager until you're approached to work with someone? Totally. I mean, yeah, until yeah. you're approached, you're, you're kind of in charge of it yourself. I remember, I think I reached out to the um, talent booker at the time because I saw that AC Slater was coming through town and I asked if mm. I could please play that show. Um, for, for context, one of my teachers at DubSpot where I went for the summer was PD Click. So that's how I started to really get involved with doing like just learning about night base and what that is. Mm -hmm. um, so that's why when AC came through, I'm like, okay, I want to play that show. Can I please play that show? And they, yep. they, by the grace of the universe, they put me on that show. And then after that, I would just nice. get, you know, random requests from them if, if they wanted me on something. So was that first show a good, like, did you meet AC Slater? And that was that like the first kind of connection that you guys had? Yeah, well, I, I got to meet him and he had heard a little bit about me through PD because I told PD that I was playing the show. I was so excited. Mm -hmm. um, so I got to meet him and he knew who I was and we just chit chatted. And it was funny because in that <laughs> in that first um, my first ever dance and hip hop music production class when I was first dabbling, maybe I think it was 20. 14 like early 2014 or even maybe end of 2013 mm -hmm. um we had to do a powerpoint presentation on our favorite artist and i did ac slater and so i have this whole powerpoint nice. presentation <laughs> <laughs> about him that i i think i might have shown pd it was just so awesome. funny to me that i had a powerpoint on it this is like so full circle yeah i can't even imagine <laughs> Yeah, how you yeah. feel like now you're in the world and a part of the family like what is that whole experience like well it starts with a powerpoint and then yeah. it goes on. <laughs> so if you guys want to be on a label make a powerpoint for your school <laughs> presentation you put it you manifest it yeah <laughs> that's the way you do it um the experience has been amazing I I'm so grateful to be part of night base it's like the best community ever they really rep their artists they really support their artists you know AC is like the nicest guy ever I just I love being part of it I couldn't have picked a better experience um, mm -hmm. for myself for sure and has your sound changed at all because going from some of the first shows you played I probably just skipped some time to connecting with night base but um what was it like developing your sound and figuring out like you know what genre you wanted to do or do you not even concern yourself with like fitting into anything well when I was in DJ school I would do some house music some type of like UKG and like early bass house, very early stuff. I was dabbling with that, but I also really liked experimental music, experimental trap. Um, so I loved that some like kind of avant-garde type sounds. Mm -hmm. So I was kind of being pulled between these two things. But when I was producing, I found it a little bit more organic for me to be working on house music. Mm -hmm. um, I did take like a year and a half detour and only focused on doing experimental trap. But then I found my way back to house. I just, you know, I, I wholeheartedly feel like if it feels 
unnatural for you to be making if you're really Mm -hmm. struggling to make it maybe it's not right for you and like of course you have to experiment with it first before you Mm -hmm. can write it off but yeah I just I could never find myself really creating stuff in that genre that I was proud of that I felt good Mm -hmm. about you know not the same way that I felt when I was making house music right I'm not being biased you guys but bass house is my favorite genre (laughs) it like creeped up there yeah oh I can imagine it just I forget what it was I'm big house head and big fan of the genre and then it was a couple friends of mine in, in the festival community who yeah it was like wax motif and ac slater and they just started sending me stuff and like bass house just slowly started to creep up but I just feel like not only to listen to it, but live, I can't even Uh, imagine how you feel. It's just the most high energy, fun, like crazy music to dance to and to have fun to. So what, what is it like playing it? Uh, I just, (laughs) I just love it. It's the perfect. Okay. Well, these days I'm like obsessed with drum and bass too. So it's between Mm. those two for me, but playing bass house is awesome because it's the perfect, you know, the perfect BPM to like, you can jump up, jump up and down too, but not be like totally unbelievably exhausted. It's just the perfect, you know, speed for me. The energy is awesome. I just like the structure of it. Um, I love playing bass house. I really am happy that I settled into it. Yeah. Are you totally exhausted by the end? Cause I, you have to keep your energy up the whole time. <laughs> oh, I'm dead. Like after my set, it's all I can do to just like wobble out of there. And like, especially now that I'm doing some drum and bass, like I can't play music and not jump up and down. It, I don't, that's just not in me. Yep, <laughs> so yep. I put, you know, 110% into every set I play because I just love it so much. I love DJing mm-hmm. um, that I'm just like beat afterwards. I can barely function. So after, after my show, like I probably do not go to after parties um, yeah. <laughs> because I just want to like rest my legs and mm. lay on my bed. <laughs> I can imagine. And do you have a preference on like festival shows versus club, like smaller, more intimate club venues or local shows, like any preference for you? I love performing. And so festivals are so amazing because I love getting on the booth. I love hyping up the crowd. I just love engaging in that way. And yes, I do like club shows, but festivals just like do it for me. That energy, the production, just everything about it. Like I'm looking up right now on my wall. I've got a picture of Crush from LA last year and then Decadence two years ago. And just both of them, I'm on the stage I just love it. I feel like I can really, you know, become the best version of myself up there. Yeah. Your music is totally, totally made for a festival crowd. (laughs) Yeah. What was your first festival playing your first festival experience? Like, um, okay. So that was only a couple months after I first, uh, Okay, so so I played that DJ competition and at the end of the competition, the winner got a slot on like the main stage, I think at, I'd like to say Gold Rush. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course I didn't make it past the first round, but they still booked me for like the local stage. So that was my first cool. ever show only maybe three months after that competition. And it was so special because at that point, like the only people that were there were like my friends or like people from like college that were like, what is she doing? <laughs> you know, that were just like curious about this person I was becoming. And it was just such a fun experience to like 
you know, show off to my friends basically at the time, you know, it wasn't any yeah. bigger than that, but it was a really special experience and to, to get booked for that after not even making it close to, <laughs> to the mm-hmm. finals felt very like special and somewhat undeserved, but also I was very grateful to yeah. for the opportunity regardless. Yeah, your hype team was still there supporting. Uh-huh, we love to uh-huh. see it. There's something special though about events that have local stages or even like everybody listening. So I know when you're first getting into the scene, like I had this experience too. You're at the main stages, you're at the big headliners, but there's something so beautiful about seeing an artist who's like just about to take off or like their name is just starting to get bigger at like one of the small, <laughs> oh, like one of the smaller <laughs> stages. And that's how I am now. Like I'm like dissecting these lineups. I'm like, who is like coming up right now? I want to go see yep. them versus like the people who will probably be booked a bunch of times and they're still amazing, but you'll have the opportunity to see them. But I, I think that's so fun. It was, I forget. I think it was ever after music festival, which is a smaller base music festival in Canada yep. had a local like people from Ontario or the local area. And we just like popped over to this little pavilion and we're just rocking out with the locals playing over there too. I don't know. It's so fun. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the local stage is the heartbeat of the, of that scene, you know, so Mm -hmm. whatever they're doing is kind of a good representation of the, the music culture in that, in that city. So Mm -hmm. it is special to see what kind of people, what kind of things people have to offer. And like, honestly, a lot of the people that I started playing local stages with are now, you know, producing and releasing music and getting signed to labels. And it's like fun as a DJ to watch the whole squad (laughs) go up, you know, all Mm -hmm. of us, you know, that we're just playing to, you know, crickets at a local stage at one point are now really doing things within the music scene. So I I do think there's something to say for showing up for the locals because they may be the people you're seeing on main stage one day. Totally. Yeah. And when you, when you play a festival, what is the, is it different per event or do you like get to actually walk around and catch some sets? Like, how do you like to spend your time when you're playing an event? It really depends. Sometimes I get caught up backstage because you get in conversation with friends that you haven't seen that are just Mm -hmm. there for that show. And then it's like a whole, you know, just just hanging out with your friends. I do like to go explore and just like go to different stages and just check out what's out there. Um, But after I play, all bets are off. So it just really depends depends on how much energy I have. Um, But I love to dance. So if if I have an opportunity, I really like to go dance. Yes. Any favorite uh, festival memories like in the crowd as a fan? Um, I know this is so basic, but at Bonnaroo, (laughs) we went and saw both Cardi B and Post Malone. And I just like, (laughs) you know, you don't get a lot of those experiences at EDM shows because we're Mm -hmm. just only seeing EDM. So like, I really like Cardi B. So it was very fun to go see her and sing along to all the songs. Totally. Yeah, she's cool. What can I say? I'm not a fair. Only a little bit. No, I love Cardi B. I'm a huge Uh Post Malone fan too. Like it's like listens to all electronic music and then number one streaming artist in like 2018 was Post Malone. (laughs) It doesn't make any sense. Love it. <clears throat> got to listen to things outside of it too. Okay. Yeah. I, I want to chat with you a little bit about live streaming, but before okay. I do that, I like to ask is, are there any artists right now that you think are, are doing big things for house music or people that you have your eye on right now? In house music in general, um, 
I think I've got my ear to the ground a little bit more with like the UK based type scene because that's mm-hmm. what I'm most interested in. Uh, Zero, MPH, um, I think they're doing really, really cool stuff. I'm trying to think of anyone else that I that I feel strongly about. I know Imanu isn't all, you know, house music, but mm-hmm. his song um, remix for Apache was mm-hmm. like incredible. And he does a lot of cool stuff within house as well. Um, not necessarily UK based, but yeah, his stuff is really awesome. And I think those are like the biggest ones for me. Axel Boy, I'm a huge Axel Boy fan. Mm-hmm. Um, Clank is amazing. Uh, got to shout out my friend Econova. Yeah, nice. those are those are the big ones for me. Cool. Take notes, everybody. I'm going to post some links in the Discord <laughs> group chat so we can share yeah. some music. Okay, so live streaming. I know, obviously, I can imagine how you feel about it, but I've spoken to different artists and I feel like there's definitely some people who are in the camp of like, love it. Live streaming has done such amazing things for them. They've spent a lot of time. And then there's some artists who are like, it's just not for me. I can't get my head around it and like haven't spent any time. So for an, say there's like an aspiring artist listening right now, can you sort of explain what your experience has been like and, and tell them why live streaming is a good thing that you should invest your time in? Um, I love it. It's done so much for me this past year. I love DJing more than anything else in the world. I'm getting a little bit <laughs> choked up. Um, and just getting at least one time a week with people that just want to see me thrive. is like a really cool experience, you know, getting to build that community with people and reach audiences that have never seen me before, have never heard of me before, may never actually see me in person because they live in a different country. I've got people in South America that watch, people in Eastern Europe that watch, you know, <laughs> like, These are people that I may never see, Mm -hmm. um, but they watch my live streams and are part of the community and like give so much to the community. It's just really special to have that thing. You know, when you're playing shows and festivals, you are kind of a product. You Mm -hmm. go on stage, you perform, and then it's kind of over. Mm -hmm. When you live stream, I get a chance to really connect with people and learn about them and learn like how they found me and what kind of stuff they like and just like build some friendships with people. And like, you know, those are the types of people that are going to tell their friends, oh, we have to go see her. We are friends (laughs) with her now after doing this. Like, that's how you really build a community. So I feel very lucky to have had so much relative success um, live streaming because it really has done so much for me over the past year, just getting that um, that love and support, I think. I have goosebumps for you. <laughs> it's been so cool because I, I give you so much credit too, because it's I can't imagine how much work and it's a commitment and you have to keep showing up too, which I'm sure there are some days where you don't feel up to it and you still show up and, and do your streams and you just hit a year of streaming, right? Which is a huge yeah. milestone. Like that's crazy. Yeah. Um, so what, like, where do you find the motivation kind of like to keep going and to keep showing up every week? I think it's twice a week you do, right? Yeah, so my schedule is a little bit weird. Well, the schedule itself is Monday, Thursday, but every mm-hmm. Monday I DJ, every Thursday, it really depends. Um, every other week I'll do a feedback stream so people can send me their music and we'll do a review. Late this past month and a half, I've started doing guest feedback streams, so hosting mm-hmm. a friend of mine on. 
um, which has proved to be way more difficult than I thought, not because <laughs> of them, but just technology. Yep, <laughs> yep. Very difficult um, to route all the audio. So I guess on the days, I don't know, it's so funny. It's like, there are some friends that you are just, you're not super excited to spend time with, but then when you're there, you guys just have like the best time ever. And maybe it's just <laughs> like, you just didn't feel like getting out period, but then you always have fun with them. And it's like, sometimes I'm not necessarily in the mood to like get all this stuff together to stream. But when I'm there, I just love it so much. And I'm always reminded of like, how grateful I am to be able to get to do this and like how much I love DJing. So it's mm -hmm. like, yes, it is a lot of work and it's a labor of love. And I think that's the part that is sometimes overwhelming for me, like before, like, oh, I don't want to do all the setup. But then when I'm there, I just like, I love to do it, you mm -hmm. know? So that's awesome to that, hear. That it shows, helps. it definitely shows by the way. Yeah. Like, because there are, I, I do a live stream roundup every week with the festival insider group. And it's so funny. Like it's sometimes it gets hard some weeks because I do feel like there it's kind of trailing off a little bit with some people. Like there were so many for a while and now yep. I'm like, okay, it's getting harder, but I always know like you're always showing up every single week and, and things like that. And I have to wonder how you keep it interesting for yourself too. Like, how do you prep? How do you keep it interesting every time? Um, well, it is a very costly endeavor because I try to <laughs> yeah. download at least like 30 or so new songs every stream. Mm. Okay. So it does take a lot of preparation, um, but it's nice to feel so connected with all the music that's coming out and to really feel like a true DJ, you know, with all of the tunes that I have, I've probably downloaded well over a thousand over this past year. Oh, yeah just like building up my catalog and also like I don't know I I found it um it's fun for me as a DJ to learn what people do and do not like and to just get a better read for people what people enjoy so I've learned quite a lot over the past year about what kind of things people enjoy when it comes to a mix um mm -hmm. and that's what keeps it exciting for me is just like it is a challenge to do mm -hmm. and that's what makes it interesting is because I always have to just like <laughs> amongst other things I've got to do a million things while I'm up there so it can't be right. boring that's for sure you know yeah between DJing Luckily, I prepare my playlist before, but that takes maybe two hours to do all the downloading and then to organize the playlist in a way that I feel like will be, mm -hmm. you know, pleasing to the ear. And then when I'm up there, you know, interacting with everyone that's in the chat, it's like there's no room to be <laughs> bored. That is for sure. And I think that's what keeps me engaged in it because it's such um, it's, it's a very all consuming task, but in mm -hmm. a good way. Yeah, it, it, that's so true. Yeah, you're like wearing so many hats. And I can imagine too, you're seeing a lot of the same names, like you said, like you've built up this community, and it kind of becomes a little bit bigger than yourself, because I'm sure people have made friendships from being yeah. in the community and like chatting with each other every week. Like that, that's pretty cool. You're gonna have such special like relationships after this. Uh, I'm just like, I'm so excited for the first kind of blossom discord Twitch meetup when we when we get there and we get to see each other all for the first time. It's going to be very cool because it is the same people that are showing up every week. And, you know, some people just celebrated their well, now I've been doing it for over a year. So their 13 month, you know, subscription anniversary, we've got plenty of people in the seven or eight months area. And it's like, 
it's cool that people want to stick around and they've built these, you know, relationships with each other. And like, I don't know, I, I feel like I can take less credit than, you know, than anything else. Like, I am just kind of the DJ and the moderator, basically, but it's everyone in the chat that shows up with a good attitude and just, mm-hmm. you know, is willing to open up to complete strangers. Um, it's them that makes the community so vibrant and such a joy to be a part of. Yep. And you're keeping your skills fresh on top of this. Like, uh you know what I mean? I can't, I, yeah, I can't imagine like some people who haven't played any and then like going fresh back into playing shows. Like at least you're like thinking on your, your feet, like you're still exercising all these skills. So you'll be fully ready to go when shows come Oh yeah. I'm not nervous at all. And it's like, (laughs) I think the biggest thing I'm nervous about is so silly, but when I'm on Twitch, I talk the whole time. And so I'm, I'm not really sure what I'm going to do when I'm at a show, because obviously it's not the same format. So people don't want to hear me just like hanging out on the microphone. I think that's like the, like a comical kind of thing to have a DJ on the mic the whole time. So I, I've got to figure out that part, but the the DJing part is easy peasy now. Yeah. Like drop a heart in the chat. If you yeah. guys are excited to be here, <laughs> wait, shit. Those Let's go. <laughs> Thanks That's for the amazing. bits. Wait. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. No, it'll be, it'll be a different feeling. And th- I've, I wondered about this too, because I think it is interesting what you said about people who might not have the opportunity to ever see you live or it kind of like I this is one of the benefits where in my head it's like why don't you do this because yeah like people from all corners of the world are exposed to you and can can hear your music but I do wonder if when a live events come back I know some major festivals had live streams like Ultra does it Tomorrowland does it EDC Las Vegas does it but I wonder even with like more small local shows is there ever like a possibility that venues also live stream the live show for all the people who can't make it and whether or not they put a paywall behind that is one thing but I don't know I I don't know there is something nice too where it's like the people who are there that night get to experience this special thing but I feel like there's potential in the future with live streaming yeah I've thought about it a lot and even in regards to like how long I will continue doing it and I think it's like I will, I'll do it as long as I'm allowed to basically. And as long as time allows for the most Mm -hmm. part, because I think it really is, there's something to say for the community that I've built. I've built, you know, Mm -hmm. they've kind of built it themselves, but on my stream, I guess. So I'm the moderator. Um, There's something to say about that community and showing up for each other. You know, people want that community. Those friendships don't just die. So like having a place for those people to connect where they may never actually see each other Mm -hmm. um I want to try and maintain that for as long as possible but I I just don't know what's going to happen with you know festivals etc if they're going to keep live streaming or what the deal is there Mm -hmm. I think we're all just kind of playing it by ear and you know by the grace of the universe I'm I'm allowed to do this now and it's been um such an important part of the past year for me so I'm just gonna Mm -hmm. ride it out while I can regardless of kind of what the what the the rest of people are doing (laughs) Mm -hmm. well no it's so it's so so appreciated and you know I think there are so many people out there who just like have been craving music more of it this past year and you showing up every week definitely definitely means a lot but uh getting to the end here I want to know what the future holds for you like what are you excited about what's coming up um 
I've got an EP dropping on March 14th. So if you are listening now, it's coming in a couple days. Wait, May 15th. Uh, you said March, I think. <laughs> did I say March? Yeah. <laughs> it's May, May 14th. Okay. It's May 14th. So whatever I just said, don't listen to me. Um, I don't know what it's I'm talking up, about. It's coming up, you guys. It's coming yeah. up regardless. You probably know about it. Um, so I've got that coming up and then I've got lots of festivals coming. We'll see what gets announced. Uh, mm. I, I don't want to spoil it before the announcement. So we've got some really cool festivals coming up this year. Some that like, you know, when I got the text about one of them, I all I could say was, like what yeah. <laughs> <laughs> me they want me <laughs> that's awesome so it feels very cool like totally surreal you know festivals I didn't even realize were on my bucket list and suddenly like they're the coolest thing I've ever been booked for so that's awesome um got that kind of stuff coming and just more streaming you know ride it out as long as I can maybe we'll make it to our two-year anniversary I just don't know but um mm-hmm. Yeah, lots of changes coming and I feel very ready for it. I'm very ready to like, I don't know. I love producing, but I love to DJ. It's Mm -hmm. like the reason for my existence is getting to DJ. So I'm really excited to have the opportunity to be around people again Mm -hmm. to do what I love. That that's so exciting. I'm so pumped for you. Like I I know people are, you know, a little stressed and just worried about how things are going to happen, but I can't like I just feel for everybody involved in the the dance music and festival yeah. industry and people, you know, looking for their jobs back and things like that and the fans who are who are ready to see it all come back. It's just going to be absolutely unreal, but any dream like back-to-backs or venues you you would like be dying to play? Um, I think my dream is to play with Anna Luno. I think she's like the coolest thing like ever. She's a big inspiration, um, total badass. So I would love to play with her one day. Um, And of course, you know, I love playing anything with Night Bass. I I can't wait to do more with them this year. I'd love to do stuff with even like Holy Goof or Notion or any of those kind of big UK bass acts. Um, Just get more involved with that. And I'm going to, you heard it here first. Well, second, I, I said it on my Instagram <laughs> story, but I am going to do some drum and bass this year. It's like the biggest yes. goal I have for myself is to produce some drum and bass. I love it. I love everything about it. Every style of drum and bass. I just like, you can cry to it. You can vibe to it. You can head, but I just love it. Mm. So I, I really want to do some stuff in drum and bass this year um, and dip my feet in the, in the water, I guess. Yes. I'm excited for that. I think that's another one of those that's going to like creep up on us because I know that that's a big, big scene in the UK, but I think yep. in the U S like it's definitely been slept on. So I think that's definitely the move. I'm so excited for that. And for the yep. EP. Um, and yeah, I mean, night based shows in the future. I know, I, I think at one point they did a, not a festival or it was like a night based show in Chicago or something like that. Yep. yep. A mini festival, basically. Mini festival. Okay. Yeah. Like more of that would be amazing. And like all these stage takeovers, like, yeah, it would just be so cool to, so. to see all of that. But um, plug where everybody can connect with you and find you online. Sure. So all of my socials are a variation on the theme. So I'm sorry, but you know, it is <laughs> harder than you can imagine to get Blossom DJ on everything. So Instagram, my handle is blossom.dj. Twitter, my handle is Blossom DJ and a little underscore. And then Twitch, it's just Blossom DJ. Kept it simple. Um, 
yeah, those are the big places. And of course, go to Spotify. You can find me Spotify, anywhere you stream your music, Apple Music, um, SoundCloud, you know. Beautiful. Okay. I'll plug all that. I'm question two. You just had merch launch. Is there any left? Are you releasing more? (laughs) Okay. So I've got lots of, I'm really excited about this. I'm going to do as many things in fashion this year as possible. That's another one of like my passions. I'm just so excited. Um, So we had this merch drop and we sold out in like four days, which was way beyond what I even, you know, could have dreamed of. We had originally only printed 40 shirts. And then when I posted the announcement that I was dropping merch, I got such an incredible response that we doubled the order to 80. So we sold out (laughs) in four days, which I just like couldn't believe. And I already have a design that I had made last year that I was going to release for festival season um, that I really love. So I'm going to probably drop that I'm hoping to do it this summer. I'm hoping to do some shirts, some bucket hats, some other items as well, some summery festival stuff. Um, I'm working on a cool collaboration that I don't know how much more I can say, but I'm working on a collaboration line. And I just want to, you know, keep the drops regular throughout the year and really just Mm -hmm. keep the fashion um, exciting and stuff that people want to wear regardless of the affiliation to me, you know? Mm -hmm. Yep. I know. I was going to say, you just have such a good theme just in general with your name and all the things you can do. And the first line you did was so, so cute. So I'm so excited. We'll definitely, you know, I'm number one cheerleader in your corner, like here to support in any way I can. And you rock. Well, it was so amazing chatting with you. Blossom, hang tight. Everybody else. I will be back with uh, some dance music news. Alrighty, you guys, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Blossom. Again, please, please, please go show her some love and support. Uh, Follow her on social media, go stream her music, and definitely check her out on Twitch. Uh, And if you see her name on a lineup, definitely catch her live. You guys do not want to miss one of her sets. She's incredible. It's going to be fun. It's going to be high energy. So that was a fangirl moment for me. I'm so, so excited we could connect. Okay, I want to jump into some news here because I definitely have a lot to cover. Um, I want to start off with some really, really sad news. This was all over social media, but we lost Pierce Fulton. I believe it was last week. Um, He was 28-year-old electronic producer, uh, very well-loved in the community, and unfortunately, it looks like he lost his battle with mental health is what I'm reading, so sending so much love to his family and his fans and anybody that whose lives he touched. Um, it's Mental health is something we've talked about here on this podcast, but it's been extremely difficult this past year, especially for people even in the dance music industry, not having shows and events and things like that, so it breaks my heart to see another young person's life lost so young so again I kind of touched on that this at the beginning of the episode please guys like reach out to people communicate talk it out like to anybody again we have a rave culture cast community here so please you know if you're struggling get help talk to somebody I'm actually about to go into therapy so we're gonna try that out and see how that goes but um yeah definitely do not be afraid to speak up and we're all going through things together and your life is so 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 important so I just wanted to say that so that was some really really sad news we had in the community uh going into some festival lineups that feels really awkward to do that but um just a bunch of festival lineups you guys freaky jeekies is out which is a Halloween event in Texas um, that's pretty stacked. That's very bass heavy. If you guys are interested, um, we also have AMF festival, which takes place in Amsterdam. 
um, in October. That lineup was revealed. You've got Armin Van Buren, Brennan Hart, David Guetta, Tiesto, Timmy Trumpet, and Topic, and Afro Afrojack back-to-back Nikki Romero. Huge event. Uh, you also got Governor's Ball, which is moved to September. It's the 24th to the 26th. This is always a pretty eclectic lineup. Um, this is actually the 10th anniversary, but you've got a lot of hip hop. You have some dance music. You have bands, all that good stuff. Some notable headliners are Billie Eilish, Post Malone. Love those two. You have ASAP Rocky, J Balvin. Um, dance music wise, uh, you have Rufus DeSoul on Friday, which is really exciting. Oh, Arizona's on here. Meg Thee Stallion, 21 Savage, Ellie Goulding, Young Thug. Um, honestly, you know, this doesn't really speak to me. I'm not going to be going to have another event, but definitely an eclectic group. You also have a Holy Shipwrecked lineup. I just did a review on my YouTube channel if you guys want to hear some artist recommendations, but this is like up my alley. This is house and techno and a little bit of bass music, but mm, this lineup is speaking to me. So excited. Um, Holy Shipwrecked is going to be December 3rd through the 7th, and it's an all-inclusive takeover um, in the Riviera Maya in Mexico. So fun. So that's a really cool event. Um, in other news, we also got an announcement from Tomorrowland that they are going to be back for another digital festival this summer, July 16th and 17th. Um, I'm not, you guys remember me butchering this word. I'm not going to try the magical island of Papillonum, Papillonum. I hope that was good. I don't know. Um, but that's going to be back. That event was incredible. You have to buy tickets to it, but it's this whole virtual like island and you can click around and all the live set or the sets are pre-recorded, but they're so cool. The visuals are amazing. So that's happening. This kind of is old news at this point, but Lane 8 announced a Red Rock show and they already added a second and third date, I think, all of which at this point are probably sold out. But good for him. That's absolutely incredible. I would love, love, love to go to that, but it's just not going to happen for me this year, which is so upsetting. Um, Yeah. And then last but certainly not least, Two Friends new Big Booty remix is out. Number 19. These are so much fun, you guys. These are great. Uh, just party vibe mixes and they I don't even know how many they do a year maybe one or two a year but go hop on that so 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 good all right you guys so that brings us to the end of today's episode thank you thank you thank you for listening I hope you enjoyed meeting Blossom today and if you guys are loving this podcast a couple ways you can help out is by sharing this to your Instagram stories and tagging at Rave Culture Cast or sharing a link with a friend today. Any way you can spread the word about Rave Culture Cast is very much appreciated. Again, we have communities on Facebook and Discord that you are more than welcome to join. I'm so excited about those. And last but certainly not least, we have a new merch line. My Plur mini collection is out. So if you guys want to pick anything up, that would be amazing. Tag me in your photos. I see you guys sending them in and it's so cool to see you guys getting some of these items. A lot of them are white and I'm seeing some tie dye happening, which is so cool. So I appreciate the support so, so, so much. And yes, thank you guys so much for listening. I will be back with an incredible interview next week. You guys do not want to miss this one. Very, very excited about it. Very informational. It's going to be a little bit longer. We're going to be talking about substance use and the dance music scene. So stay tuned next Wednesday for that episode. And with that being said, have an incredible week and I'll see you next Wednesday. Bye guys. 